The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, Googleization Nation, to our 48th episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization this year. We got one more to go. We'll hit 49, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, this show will be no different. We got a great show lined up, lots of news, and a few announcements. So, uh, no, let's get started. No, no time to waste. Our and guest the- today is a <laughs> go ahead, Keith. I was going to say, for the record, it's not that we're going to stop at 49. We're going to stop for oh, no. a year. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're we're book <laughs> we're, we're we're booking. So, yep. but uh, that's a lot of shows. Somebody told me if we're going to do a weekly show, it's a ton of work, and it, it is. But it's it's been fun, and and I can't say it's hard work, but it's uh it it's it's been rewarding for sure. And uh, we got another rock star today, HR rock star. We got Craig Fisher from Allegis Global Solutions. Uh, we're going to be talking about Workforce 2020, HR Tech, something that Craig calls the universal workforce. Um, we just uh, before the show we were talking, he just visited uh, the new headquarters of Uber, so that's exciting, uh, which is down in the uh, Dallas area. So Craig will be with us in just a few minutes, uh, but it's been a busy day already. Uh, just a few hours ago, I was sitting on a panel uh, sponsored by Lehigh Valley Business Journal, so I thank them uh, for allowing me to participate. I was joined by four other local experts. Uh, and they, we covered a, a few different topics uh, from hyper, uh, from cybersecurity to healthcare to mergers and acquisition to uh, just the general economy. Um, basically, had a prediction on what it was going to look like. The title of the panel was Outlook 2020, and there was about 100 or so business people in the room. Uh, my focus, of course, was on the workforce. And uh, it was interesting. I was the fourth one to present, and uh, but all four talked about one of their main concerns. One of their biggest challenges was going to be the workforce. Um, you know, what the outlook was going to be predicated their either their success or their growth or their performance. Uh, certainly in healthcare, uh, but cybersecurity it's a huge problem. Skilled labor, uh, mergers and acquisitions. You'll love this part, Keith. Um, uh, this is a great quote from an attorney who does mergers and acquisitions. And just in the Valley, um, there was like $5 billion of M&A that they were involved in. I mean, which is crazy. But this is what he's, he's, he said. Companies are buying other companies, not for the equipment, but the talent. He advises clients to buy talent and consider the equipment and physical assets that come along with it just as a bonus. 
hundred or maybe even a liability because at this point the yeah, value. Right. What do you do with the real estate, right? <laughs> right. The the human the human capital is so so much more valuable to uh, an organization anymore. It probably wouldn't surprise me if it's greater than the the you know capital equipment assets. Yeah. So he may, he may be. A, we'll have to connect you to because he may be someone you want to talk to because he's they are and again I I know this you know a lot of people cringe they, their hair goes back up on their back and. And, you know, when you start talking about um, assigning dollars to the value of people, uh, but in, you know, as scarce as scarce as it is um, with the world as it is and we need top talent, um, people just have to value it better. It's not that we're putting a dollar figure on people, but we, we have to value uh, the people we've been talking about a long time, every, you know, for how, how long have been, been, people been saying that, you know, our, our company's most valuable asset is its people. And yet they've, you know, there's just they no, have no idea. Yeah, no, and, they, and, they have no doubt. Yeah, they, they treat it as an very yeah, real. expense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great it was very interesting because I was the fourth one and the first three are talking about workforce. And it's like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, it went over. It was really good. So uh, you'll continue to see some highlights on that. And and by the way, just for all our listeners and everyone um, next week, uh, which is our last show of the year, uh, we've got our first repeat guest. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have a lot more of those. But our first repeat guest was Alan Ballou. Uh For those of you who might remember, uh, it was either the end of May or the beginning of June. Um, we talked with Alan. Alan is an economist. He spoke with us, uh, as I said earlier. Um, and he, I, I got him to give us his, his forecast for 2020. And why this is important is not only just to have a good outlook, but his firm, which is ITR Economics, they've been around for about 30 years or so. Over the uh, past 20 years, they have a 95% and higher accuracy rate on their forecast. And over the last year, uh, the, what he gave in 20, the end of 2018, not on the show, but uh, what, he, what they presented to his clients at the end of 2018 was 99 plus percent accurate. So yeah. if you want to know what's going to happen next year, uh, stay, be, be with us next people. week. Yeah, Tell be with friends. us next week. And uh, uh, again, I, I don't think it's going to shock a lot of people, but I think that, you know, people are saying, are we going to have a recession? And how's what's poli- what, how's the election going to play into that? And, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, we're just holding off a little bit because we think that there's going to be a recession and uh, there's just going to be a lot of good talent sitting, you know, sitting, waiting to be picked off. And, and I got news for you. Listen to next week. I got news yeah. for you. That's that's not such a good <laughs> a plan. Um And one last thing before we get to Craig. Uh, Two weeks ago, we had Aaron Michelson from Summary. It was a great show. We talked about company culture and and individual values and and company values and purpose. Um, We introduced the Kind Quiz. um, And for everybody who completed it, thank you. Um, you, you got, you already know, you got a three page profile describing your kindness profile. And, and as I said before, mine turned out to be generous. Uh, Keith Hughes was, um, Discerning, I believe. Um, So from the results, what Summary had done is they did a data-driven donation. And I wasn't sure what this meant uh, until they released the results last week. Uh, And we didn't have them in time for the show. We talked about it. Uh, But they did a data-driven donation. So from everybody's results, they threw it through their algorithm. And it is an algorithm. It's AI-driven. And they identified what the common uh, kindness profile was from 
the all the listeners who participated listeners. and and there was a couple uh, there wasn't a couple hundred but there was over well over 100 people that participated and let me just le- read you the results of what um, the donation the results and then what the donation they made so the our kindness cohort the the the, the um, aggregate of all the profiles was empathy second was agility which is well, those, I mean, you talk about two buzzwords that are going out in, in the field today is, you know, we need empathy from the candidate experience and leadership and emotional intelligence and then agility uh, strategically uh, and as individuals. So as a community, education was our top support, our cause, uh, environment was second or second and animal rights was uh, very close for third. Um, the greatest we see the greatest need locally rather than globally uh, we view uh, our direct action as advocates and research. Uh, those are the most meaningful ways we have to engage. Uh, as a giving cohort, uh, we all prefer to pri- provide services that benefit groups and communities. So we're all on pace. Now, we, that may be a biased group, obviously, listening to us. That's why they're listening to us. Um, but it's still pretty cool. And the donation was given to a nonprofit organization called Let Kids Be Kids. Uh, they are advocates for animal prote- protection and animal rights through education, public speaking, articles, photography, and video. So that was very cool. So thank you, Summary. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for everybody who participated. And and for maybe the best news, I spoke with Aaron just a few days ago. I don't even know what day it is of the week anymore, uh, but a few days ago. And uh, she agreed to uh, keep this open for us. So here's the deal. Uh, www. Well, you don't need the www. But the kind quiz. That's k i n d q u i z. The kindquiz.com, and it's important. Add forward slash ggg. This will be up on the website. It's the kindquiz.com forward slash ggg. Uh, it's about a five minute quiz. It probably takes most people less. Uh, you get a three page kindness profile. You find out if you're generous or empathetic or altruistic or agile, whatever. There's ten different profiles. Uh, and then we're going to keep that quiz open. So we're going to keep repeating this and building the database a bit. Uh, we're going to keep it open through the end of the first quarter in 2020. And then on April Fool's, no, no, no joke about this, but on April 1st, 2020, Summary will announce another donation uh, based on the aggregate of all the people who completed. So stay tuned. Um, so we're giving a little bit back. Uh, by everybody participating, everybody can learn a little bit more, and uh, you know we'll we'll do a little bit of our service, pay it and forward. I'll tell you what, th- this is Erin is as cutting edge as Craig is because uh, I spent time with her as well, and Im- impressive. If you are in HR Absolutely. and you need something to do as it relates to empathy and agility, then check out summary.com because what they're doing over there. Is is off the charts, and they just announced the the the, the Gates Foundation as a client. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, that so was like, the, the, yeah, the day our report cult- came out. Yeah, <laughs> we want to talk about how to have the right culture. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel anymore. Just look at the Gates Foundation. Yep. If you're serious, I mean, if you're thinking that this is a, a, a another gimmick, or we're just going to post, you know, put another poster up on the wall or another award, that's that's not what this is about. But it's nope. it's very very cool. So yep. hey, so let's get to our guest. Yeah, 
Craig Fisher. Craig is no stranger to a lot of you. Um, if you don't know who he is, uh, I'm sure you will be following him after this. Uh, his LinkedIn profile says he's the head of recruiting innovation uh, for global uh, Allegis Global Solutions. And that pretty much sums it up who he is, especially if you read or follow any of, of the stuff or listen to any interviews he's been on. So welcome, Craig, to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Thank you, Ira. Glad to be here. Hey, so, uh, but, and just one more thing, because I don't want to slight these guys, because they, allows, they help us be on the air. Uh, big thanks to Zor.ai, uh, one of our sponsors in Success Performance Solutions, too. Uh, we'll, you'll hear more of them about them at the break, but we, we do appreciate uh, them being part of this. So, Craig, um, we got a whole lot to talk about. You heard where we are, and I'm sure you can make a few comments on that. Um, but there's something that uh, – I'm not going to read this whole paragraph, but I, I saw something yesterday or the day before it came out. You were quoted uh, about what 2020 was going to look like. And uh, you started out by saying in 2019 and beyond, we, we continue to evolve the way we think about work, delineating the work to be done by activity. You know, what's the task? What's the outcome? Uh, and then you drop down that, uh, you know, uh, uh, that full-time employees or contractors may not be needed in the future, especially for some roles and some tasks. Instead, the task can be owned as a piece of the work portfolio. And I've been talking about reorganizing, you know, what does work mean going forward? Uh, so you have a work portfolio by available talent. And then you you basically said some people were talking about it as as looking at it as a total talent view of work you call it the universal workforce so let's start there because again 2020 is you know we got all these forecasts we got all these economies uh you know you know and it's what's that going to look like we got this war for talent which i call the talent you know we we have uh talent poverty (laughs) i i I used that (laughs) phrase this morning everybody liked it i said we have a lot of people we just have talent poverty uh, around, so let's let's talk about this. You know how the future, of, you know, the definition of work is changing, and that what what that means from everybody. I think everything else we're going to talk about falls under that umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. So um, <clears throat> my company, Allegis Global Solutions, uh, I work for the RPO side of the business. So we uh, basically uh, take over. All the recruiting functions for you know large Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 organizations, uh, and become their internal recruiting workforce, um, among other things, recruiting operations. Um, sometimes uh, own the technology piece, that sort of thing. The other side of our house is the managed service provider that provide uh, that manages all the um, contractors and uh, contract staffing companies uh, in an organization. And one of our RPO customers, uh, who um, also became an, an MSP customer, big, massive uh, tech company, uh, consulting firm, uh, DXC Technology, they, they started looking at ways to sort of serve up um, available pieces of work to people inside their organization uh, to bid on to actually say, uh, I can take on some extra work and I'd like to bid on this piece, just like an Upwork or a Fiverr or any other sort of 
uh, gig economy um, job w- would provide, right? And they set out to build an internal engine to do that. But before they could do that, they had to figure out, all right, who are our available people and how do we figure that out? How do we even know what the total workforce looks like? Because if you sit down, if you think about it, if you're a hiring manager or an executive and you sit down and say, all right, I want to get this piece of work done in the next quarter, uh, who are all the available people in my organization to do it and what do they get paid? What do they look like? And you'd have to look at several different systems in order to try to figure that out and then get your scratch pad out and start writing down numbers from here and there. There was no way to visualize all that. So we started creating an engine called Quantum Work that basically allows you to take um, Beeline or Field Glass, which is your 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 MSP data, right, your contingent workforce data, uh, and integrate it into a system with your HRIS system and your ATS and your CRM and all your available places in one dashboard. So you could say, okay, I've got this piece of work or this job. Um, who in the entire organization could be available to to do some of that work? And so. If you're thinking about ready now talent, which is is what we're really talking about, um, that's that's the only way you could think of to get it all in one place is just to build an engine for it, and that's what we did. So that's where that's this whole idea started. So we, you know, the three of us have been around for a while, you know, at least the decades since they've been talking about. You know, right. building the talent pool, identifying all the skills, uh, you know, especially for knowledge transfer. What What's different about this than, try, you know, again, trying to map the skills that are available within an organization? Because sometimes you find people that left, you know, they, they leave an organization and the company doesn't realize they have that talent or that skill until after they left. That's right. Yeah. And unless someone's unless someone's raising their hand for a job internally, you sometimes don't know they're available or or have those skills. That's exactly right, because once a person's in an organization, um, there's not really a system that updates their skills that they've acquired internally. Right. There's no like uh, constantly active resume database of your own people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't happen. You could look on LinkedIn and find that information sometimes, but it's not terribly accurate because uh, gainfully employed people don't tend to update their LinkedIn profiles with their latest skills, right? So, so, so what are you doing differently now? I mean, w- w- you know, with this process, with what you're doing, what are you doing differently now that's capturing this versus, or, you know, or is it just the mindset? I mean, is, or, or, you know, because he's, there's still got to be a way to capture all these skills. Yeah, so it's it's both things. Um, we've actually in the, in this uh, in this platform, we've integrated um, open source uh, yep. data tools like Fetcher and Smart Recruiters, uh, and so your your current list or database from all your different sources uh, inside your organization and outside your organization. So your potential sources like LinkedIn and, and, and the open web and job boards yep. can also be plugged into this, but it refreshes the data of the people who are in your organization. So if you have a name and an email address and you know that person is currently one of our either contractors or, or FTEs, it'll go out to the open web and say, this person has all these skills that we've been able to find. Pretty cool. And- and Craig, you're also connecting into the HRIS. So if they're tracking mm-hmm. certifications, and and I know a lot of you know, for example, the legal industry, uh, technology, you know, people have to get recertified. All that stuff is on record, and now that's getting updated, like you said, 
way more consistently. Yes, and, and, and quantum work is not meant to be a system of record, but no. more, more a way to – so think about this. Workforce planning, Ira, you know this very well, doesn't work, right? right. It's almost impossible to do. Everyone says they do it and they try to do it, but um, recruiting teams are generally the last to know about changes coming down in an organization. And so you can't plan your, your, your funnel planning appropriately because – you're the last to know that, oh, hey, we're cutting 2,000 jobs or, hey, we just acquired a company and we're going to let most of those people go, but we have to rehire all these other people. Or, you know, I've been working on a project with a large auto manufacturer and they've got uh, an upside down uh, situation in their um, financial services division where they've got like 70% contractors in IT and they need to bring them, you know, full time in house, but they don't really pay enough to uh, flip that model because those contractors are making a lot of money and they're very embedded. Uh, and so how do you do that? How do you even know who all those people are? Because they're, they come from, you know, uh, a myriad, uh, a host of various staffing providers. And so to be able to look at it all in one place, get those skills updated by the uh, external open web tools uh, that are kind of AI driven. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. And what I like about it is, you can see where all your available sources are um, from internal and external for any kind of job and understand where to spend your marketing dollars or your tech dollars because that's where the most available you know, talent is for what you're trying to do. It's a true strategy around the human capital piece. And, and, I, and it sounds amazing. And, and for those of you who already know Craig, you, this shouldn't shock you that he's sitting at the front line in the front row of what, what could be done out there. But I, I want to kind of change lanes on you, Craig. And, and today, mm-hmm. as it is, you're always in front of the HR people. You're always in front of technology, certainly on the town acquisition side. How would you describe the gap between what quantum can do and the current state of town acquisition? Right. So what, what we see, uh, you know, is a, a bit of a retread of existing technology with different spins on it most of the time, right? When you come out with some new tech, it's not really new. There's not really anything uh, innovative about it. And I wouldn't say that, that uh, quantum work is actually a new idea, right? We've, we, we've had the idea to do this for a long time. It's just recently, though, that we've been able to take um, basically a, a lightweight feed from any system and integrate it into one place very well. Uh, and then visualize it with beautiful pictures and graphs to say to, you know, your, your management, uh, this is what our workforce actually looks like. And, uh, you know, HRIS systems and ATS systems have purported to do this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Workday looks beautiful, you know, things like that. But do they actually work very well? And most of the time, the answer is no. Right. So, Craig, one one of the things that comes up, so we're pulling all this in, we're finally the technology and maybe the mindset and the attitude um, and the resources are put behind pulling all this together. Um, And and Keith might have answered it a little bit um, when he said that, you know, that you can update this on the fly real time, you know, with current certifications and things. But how how are you how do you verify the skills? I, I mean, otherwise, Aren't we just kind of scanning resumes again or databases and people say, oh, I'm really good at doing it. Uh, you know, I've got this skill or I've completed a certification. Um, is, is this on the wish list yet to verify skills or is that something that is part of the quantum work? So it, it's it's 
good that you asked that because I, I'm I'm real proud of this. And I, I don't want to be uh, just selling t- you know uh, technology on this whole podcast, right? Of course, but it's, we're talking about the the total talent mindset and um, quantum work, and and you can see it at quantum dot work. Uh, but quantum work is based on uh, our intellect platform, which is is a mindset really, uh, and it's a plug and play mindset. So. You have your core systems, which are an ATS and a CRM, and then you have a data store in between them that ties things together and pushes data back and forth. Uh, And then both those systems act like spokes, and they can have basically any uh, lightweight tech or chatbot or anything else you need plugged in to um, you know, automate some of the processes. So uh, with quantum work, we have the ability to plug in any assessments tool that you want, for instance. We have MZ data built into uh, the system from you know, right out of the box so that you can get uh, what the market looks like and how long it should take to fill a type of job. Um, and so if you can dream of it, uh, it can be plugged into this system and incorporated. So uh, to verify those skills, Ira, you, you, there's, there's not really a blockchain for skills verification, I don't think there will be. We talked about this, you know, what last year and the year before, um, but but I don't I don't really see that as coming to fruition where candidates own their data and and you know corporations pay to have access to that verification. Um, it's possible, but right now what we have are you know assessments and basically peer review on LinkedIn. People say, yeah, this guy's good at that. This, this woman is, is good at this. Uh, and it, how accurate is that? Right. It's not very. Yeah. It certainly depends on the, on the context of that. So, I mean, it was interesting you bought a blockchain because I always, I always do that. And I know, you know, Ben Eubanks and, and, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other people. And in fact, uh, you, you participated in, in a question I put out the other day is like what HR tech was going to kind of, you know, be the, the, at the forefront of 2020. Right. And, um, you know, <laughs> Ben's response was, not blockchain. Not blockchain. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You know, it was like, we don't know what will be, but we know what won't be. Yeah. <laughs> so so right. that's great. Hey, you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We're with our guest, Craig Fisher from Allegis Global Solutions. Uh, we are uh, fascinating conversation talking about uh, maybe uh, we're finally getting to the point where uh, we can look at uh, having a database of people's skills within an organization uh, and which is changing the definition of how we work and what work looks like. And, and uh, you know, we didn't even get into how we're going to recruit for that. Um, but we're, uh, you know, as usual, we're talking about some cutting edge emerging trends. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, uh, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. We'll be back in two minutes. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out zor.ai. It's xor.ai. 
Hi everyone, this is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Cyber Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and we've got Craig Fisher from Allegis Global Solutions, and we were talking about um, kind of the future of, uh, future of work. Um, we're going to be talking about the future of recruiting in, in just a minute. Uh, we've been uh, kind of one of the things that's uh, been going on for a long time. Uh, I've been in the business 25 years, and from from then we were talking about uh, knowledge transfer. And for knowledge transfer, we you know we were trying to figure out how to how to track skills that everybody had within the organization, and then you know be able to transfer the knowledge associated with those skills. And 25 years later, um, Craig uh, Quantum Quantum Work Quantum Dot Work is probably uh, the closest we've gotten to that. So that's where we spent the first part of this segment. Uh, but during the break, uh, we were talking about where do we go from here? And Craig, you were talking a, a little bit about a change in mindset. And I think that's, uh, you know, too often that that becomes the, the buzzword. You know, we've been talking about growth and fixed mindset. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to read. I, I just started this uh, the other day. It was recommended by a recruiter, and it's a great book. I I read chapters. I don't read books. <laughs> I, you know, I, I read articles. I, I, you know, Keith's seen my desk, and I got books like Lane all over the place. Uh, however, um, it was from it's Simon Sinek's new book, The yeah. Infinite Game. Have yeah. you read that? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's on my uh, list. I, I generally have five books going at a time. So I've yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got to tell you, yeah, that's how I am uh, as well. Um, but I, I actually had the opportunity. I was driving down to Lancaster, so it's like a two-hour drive, and and I put it on, and I've li- literally listened to the first chapter about four times. Because my mind, I, I, I got to do it when I'm at a desk because my mind's racing with yeah. ideas um, and, and, that come up. So I, it, it's a great book. But, um, you know, with that, that's just another mindset. I mean, it's a, it, what I brought that in. Um, it's about a mindset. So you were talking about the mindset, um, you know, I guess shift that we're going to have uh, with, in, in order to, to really employ quantum work. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. What, what did you mean by that? So if you if you think about um, a, a total talent solution, right now we're very siloed into sort of uh, staffing and contingent labor and then full-time hires. And then you've got this sort of Upwork thing where it's uh, kind of get work done in, in, a, in a gig fashion. Um, and Upwork is really just a contracting firm on steroids, right? That's It's, it's, a, it's a contracting firm as a service um, with some software behind it, which is – Basically, taking that whole model and saying, uh, you know, let's let's put in an Uber uh, interface to it, so that you can easily um, hire these folks and folks and have them bid on on the work. So, if you think about putting that all together and saying we're just going to get bits of work done, as you were talking about, right, the uh, universal workforce. Um, does that, you know, put staffing firms and, and uh, staffing organizations in any kind of peril? And does uh, giving a hiring manager a picture of their total workforce and ready now talent 
the ability to sort of usurp the recruiting function, right? Because we all know now that if a hiring manager gets a, a job rec, right, he gets the approval to open a rec, he's going to either uh, go ahead and put that rec in or go through whatever process it is that, that makes that happen, uh, or he's going to go out to LinkedIn first and see who he can find that he knows um, or that you know might be easily available uh, to kind of do some research before they put that rec out. Uh, and very often they've got a candidate in mind before the rec's even posted. Now, that's not the fair process and that's not the just process and how it's supposed to work, but that's how it does work. And so giving them a tool like, a, you know, a total talent platform, does that say, you know, we're really trying to uh, put recruiters kind of out of the business. We want uh, we want the, the power to be in the hands of whoever's doing the hiring. And I, I have to say uh, the answer is no, because we figured out that chatbots aren't taking our jobs and uh, mobile phones didn't take our jobs and the Internet didn't take our job. Right. So these are all just enhancements. They're in their efficiencies. Uh, and, you know, recruiters really don't have anything to worry about. We're just talking about taking the non recruiting activities out of the recruiters hands so that they don't have to spend 70% of their time scheduling interviews and things like that. Right. 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 And that goes back to what are they going to do with their time? And their time is to help build a brand market, mm -hmm. the employee brand, which always seems to bring us back to the fact of, you know, how are companies being able to actually put in cultures so that they could have a brand to market and, it, and you're just giving yeah. them that much more of an opportunity to do that, which is the real need. <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting because if you ask me, I think recruiters should be spending more time on doing um, intakes with hiring managers, right, and getting to know those teams because I don't believe a company has any one culture. I think each team uh, in each department is is a separate culture. And so these microcultures, if you will, all need to be marketed in a different way. The job description should be written specifically to tailor to what that job actually looks like. And so you don't get these rogue hiring managers selling a job that's not going to actually be what the candidate does once they get in the seat just because they need to make the hire and get the rec filled and they've got a budget to spend and so they've got to do their own thing. If you can get some sort of idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be universally the same across the board, but in this department it's going to be like this every time so that you can start to narrow down your focus on uh, turnover and attrition and um, you know good hiring processes and onboarding. So, so, Craig, there's a whole bunch of stuff you said there. I got like a billion questions here, and I'll try to <laughs> kind of you – know, Keith knows me too well, so <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to put it all in one. Uh, can you hear me, Craig? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I think we lost Dyer there. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go back. You know, Simon Sinek, uh, are you familiar with what is a lot of his messaging? Can you hear uh, yeah, me I met Simon. He and I have uh, – yep, we're, we're, we got you back, Ira. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I met uh, I met Simon. Yeah, okay. We were uh, we Simon, were on a stage uh, together uh, somewhere at one point. Yeah. So the, his whole his whole basis of the infinite game is that business is ongoing, and there's a big you know fabrication about the value of short term. It's only really driven by greedy metrics, um, which really his whole concept is. Let's it's about time companies start taking care of their people. So I think that's really where where. Ira, is that where you were going with that? Yeah, well, sort of. I mean, that, that's one part of it. But we've talked about skills for, you know, a long time. And, you know, so we identified the skills and, you know, whether they're verifiable or not. Um, 
But one of the what prompted the the question, Craig, was you talk about recruiters spending more time on an intake with hiring managers, and I, I'm all for that. I mean, I, I'm with you that um, th- there's another question, and I'll bring that up later. But with but I find that companies still don't know what skills make people successful. I mean, technical skills. Obviously, there you know, if there's a technical skill, there's a programming skill. If you know, in healthcare, you have to know how to nurse or you know, give, to provide care. But when it comes to like leadership and some of the soft skills and selling skills, um, it seems that the, the the employers are still struggling even identifying what skills are required. I, I mean, am I correct or is that changing? No, you're absolutely correct. And uh, I, I think, <clears throat> so we have, you know, we have these sort of uh, psychometric assessments um, that we use to sort of justify, um, you know, being a culture fit or being a, an intellectual fit or, or, you know, whatever for an organization. But they're not necessarily great. I mean, if you look at dating yeah, apps, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna say uh, that you know, there, there's some margin of error. Is my point? Um, yes. Yeah, there is. And I, I think that if you hire um, agile people, okay, if they, if that's sort of your goal is to be an agile organization, and if you hire agile people. Um, the technical skills can be learned if they have that uh, that t- tech uh, absorption capability, mm-hmm. and that is something you can test for, right? Yeah. So I think I think good coders can sort of um, beat a technical aptitude test, but a technical sort of general ability aptitude test is something that I'm very much in favor of for jobs like that. Yeah. I, I think you I, just made the yeah. argument for psychometric testing, though. But yeah. By the well, way. Because I mean, we we test, but and when I when I, I, I say broader, and broader and less ge- and and less specific is is my point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because when I you know we test for curiosity and open mindedness and and you know the, and and it, there's a lot of components because you can be yeah. open minded and you can be agile, you can be curious. But if you you know you're really excitable and and you can't stay focused, then right. you know what good does it do? So there, there's there's a whole mishmash. So I, I agree with that. So yeah. So, but uh, you know, uh, the, the reason I'm asking that is that, and again, there was a little bit of a debate going on um, on, on LinkedIn, and, and something I don't know if I presented it or something else did, is, is that you know everybody comes up with these solutions of how to identify skills. The problem is the oh, I, and there was an interview. Or I was ta- speaking with somebody who had a startup the other day, and they were they were saying, oh, they nailed it, you know, that they're they're able to put it all in this resume. And the question is, is that you, the the candidate may be accurate at what skills that they, or the employee, may be absolutely dead on accurate at what they're good at and what skills they carry. Mm-hmm. But the employers still don't know, understand the positions well enough to identify what skills they really need. Yeah, so, and and here's, okay, so here's the problem uh, that I have with us talking about employers, right? And you know, you know the answer to this. employers is too ambiguous, right? So who's Mm -hmm. the employer? What person is in charge of writing that job description? And what we get is a bunch of attorneys. Yeah. Well, yeah. What we get is a bunch (laughs) of gobbledygook spit out of a, 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 and you know, an HRIS system that has all of the um, things that you can and can't say and do attached to it. uh, And it doesn't really make any sense to anyone. Right. So there is a, there is a need for, um, a sort of, uh, well, I think, so there's some data that uh, is out there that says that if you're going to do um, 
video interviews of um, of jobs, right? For mm-hmm. uh, you know, hiring managers or employees or whatever, that most um, job candidates want to hear from the hiring manager. Uh, I think a person's world is basically their team and the management directly above them, and that's their view of the organization. Mm-hmm. And so they want, yep, and, and so they want to hear from the hiring manager. And if if that's the case, then that hiring manager should be making a short video for every job that's out there talking about why people <laughs> like to work for him, why why his team is good, I'm how his team I met values with, the organization. I, I, I met with a small staffing firm yesterday and it was about what things were headed. And that's exactly what I said. I said, every one of you, when when and again, these, this is a staffing firm, but every one of you should be introducing yourself because you're the contact and you should be getting that from the hiring manager that, that you're representing. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, so what, one other thing here. So and again, I think we're all on, you know, we're all on part. You mentioned before, and I, I, I tend to agree that the role of the recruiter won't change, but I've seen this, you know, I've, I've seen this and you've seen it before, both of you. Um, soon as you say that, oh, they're, you know, we'll still need recruiters, you know, despite all the technology, it's just going to make them better, that a lot of people still go by the job title. There still may be a role of a recruiter, but what the recruiter looks like in two years from now, five years from now, is going to be very different. Right. The successful yeah. recruiter. And that's HR, <laughs> general, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think well, you have a job title, and they go, "Oh, my job's safe," because I just read it that recruiters would still be needed. But what they do may look nothing like what they did five years ago, or, or what they're doing so today. So, I'll tell you an interesting story. on On Thursday of last week, um, before Talent Net, we did a pre conference uh, that was just uh, HR leaders, uh, it was CHROs, and, and uh, heads of talent acquisition for some major corporations. Um, and we all got together, and, and for three hours, we talked shop. I asked various questions. We got roundtables, and we we recorded everything. It's going to be um, it's going to be a documentary about where we are uh, with HR and talent acquisition, sort of working together, and what are the gaps at the end of the second decade of this century, right? So, it's really cool conversations came out of it, uh, and it's called a suite at the table. And that will end up being a book, and all these people will all be uh, contributing authors to this book. Right? Well so, done, pretty cool well stuff. Done. Yeah, yeah, that's but, but cool. yeah, but so the 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 head of uh, talent at Southwest Airlines, Greg Muccio, was there, and he he said, uh, and he told me I had coffee with him a few weeks ago, and he he told me what he's doing in his organization, which is turning the recruiters into account representatives or account managers. Um, and so instead of a hiring manager having um, a, a different recruiter come at him from all the different parts of the organization for the different types of work he is having to do, he's turning the recruiters into a one-stop shop for everything. So you're going to have recruiters move into various different levels, I think. I think this is going to be a good trend. I like the way he describes it. But a manager now only has to deal with one interface, one person from the recruiting organization for all his different types of jobs. And that person is responsible to know what's going on in the organization, where we are with contracting firms, uh, full-time headcount, things like that, uh, and, and can give that manager a service. So recruiting as a service, uh, I, I think, is a, a, a kind of a cool new thing, and I just coined that right now. Sweet. It's an exclusive people. <laughs> yeah. so, so those are two, two new buzzwords that have been coined today. Mine was talent poverty, yours is recruiting as a service. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Perfect. And, we'll, and, and that'll solve it. Recruiting as a service. 
We'll solve the talent poverty, right? <laughs> so uh, Matt Charney and I used to talk about uh, cloud recruiting a lot, which is sort of this um, sort of upward gig economy type of thing. But then we decided that it'd be funnier if it was uh, clown recruiting. And <laughs> I, and we, probably, I, more people I, would understand it. I think he reserved that URL a while back. So <laughs> it might be a thing coming up. Holy cow. Craig, uh, we're, com- okay. yeah, we're, coming up, we're coming up at the end here. So before we talk into the, the, the outbreak here, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, I know you're all over. You've got phenomenal media presence. But uh, how can somebody who maybe doesn't know that yet find you? Yeah. So uh, I'm highly search engine optimized on LinkedIn. So you can find me, you know, Craig Fisher on LinkedIn. And if you want to know how to search engine optimize your LinkedIn profile or your your organizations for all your people. Contact me about that because that's one of the things that I do. But I am at Fish Dogs on Twitter. That is my hacker name in the Matrix. And uh, you can find me also at fishdogs.com uh, is my website and all my uh, contact info is there. And, um, you know, I'm out there in the Googles. And that's F I S H D O G S. Correct. Fish Dogs. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. The whole story behind that, I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> As for a different show, I'll be your, your next. Well, return. you know, so uh, Ira, if you don't mind, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, Go I'll, I'll ask the question. So, with that in mind, Craig, let's say we get you back one year from now. Mm-hmm. What do you think we'll be talking about? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be talking about um, the uh, the contraction in in hiring that we've already started to see, but we're not admitting to ourselves yet. We'll be in the thick of it by then. Ooh. Now, now we'll take that, Ira, and we'll we'll match that to what Alan says, and uh, next week, and then we'll have uh, our viewers will get some solid solid insights here. Nice. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation, you know, for sure. And uh, we'll we'll definitely have you back and and see who's right, <laughs> All right. And, and see what we'll see what that Love means it. to the companies. How, you know, obviously, uh, you know, contraction, uh, you know, higher in empl- higher unemployment rate. Um, you know, is it is it really going to change things? Uh, is it going to ease it a little bit? That doesn't mean that there's big improvement, but it just eases the pain. Uh, so sometimes you can have less pain, but you still got the problem. <laughs> so we, we shall. Yeah, and it's we will. <laughs> these things are cyclical. We've seen a lot of these, right? Yep. We we have a lot of variables out there. Um, so hey, one final question for you. You mm-hmm. mentioned you you got five books that you're reading. What's one mm-hmm. of them? Uh, so, um, what would you recommend? Out of well, there's 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 a lot. Um, I just received um, a book called Loon Shots by Safi Bachel, uh, which is fairly interesting. Um, I read uh, a lot of mystery novels, so right now I'm reading the latest uh, Jack Reacher. Uh, it's kind of an action thriller, and it's pretty great as well. Yeah, very very cool. Excellent. So, um, any final? Thirty-second final yeah. words. Craig. No, I, I, I think it's just impressive how there's so much technology that could be used to streamline, to to position a company to grow from the inside out. And you look at that human capital component. Uh, there's a lot of change coming. There's going to be a lot of stress involved. Uh, most people don't behave as well as they hope to when they're stressed. So it'll be, I'll be curious to see what it's like in these next couple, as we go into 2020. 
yeah, there's there's certainly a there, there's certainly a lot on the on on the table. Um, you know, uh, again, evolving. I don't, again, we still may have some of the same job titles and 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 same names for processes, but uh, how how the work how things get done and what it looks like is going to be uh, dramatically different. And there's still a lot of um, you know. I, I was just uh, asked yesterday, do I know anything about this company called Upwork? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was, it's a major player. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, a, I mean, I was shocked that they, I, I didn't know if they were kidding me because I responded <laughs> it was for an interview question. And I said, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I'm really familiar and I've used it several times. And they said, oh, great. We've, we've not heard about it before. Right. And I go, <laughs> oh man, I mean, we got to, uh-huh. okay, a lot of work to do. So, hey, Craig, appreciate it. I'm sure we're going to run into you a lot in 2020. Uh, Wish you having a great holiday. Uh, Happy New Year. Thanks for taking the time to be part of Geek Skeezers and Googleization show today. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch uh, on the air and off the air. Thanks for having me on, boys. Appreciate it. I celebrated my 10-year anniversary with TalentNet uh, this last week, and so I'm in a festive mood. I appreciate you guys. Sweet. Congratulations. Wonderful. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Very good. Nice. Chase. Cheers. Anything for the good uh, of it? Uh, get ready. The shift's coming. The shift's, shift's going to hit everybody's plan next year. And, you know, we sure. didn't talk about it, but Enrique Rubio, who, you know, was one of our first guests yeah. who was just blown up with Hacking HR, his LinkedIn Live was really impressive yeah. as it relates to the tra- the lifelong trend of HR lagging behind the industrial revolution evolution. So well, here I, I, I got a surprise for you too. We actually, Enrique and I are doing a LinkedIn live. I don't know the date, so watch for it. Uh, but early January, we set the date. I just don't, rec- I don't remember what it is. So I don't want to give it out, but it's um, beginning. I think it's the first week in January. So he and I are going to continue that conversation because um, he was right on the trends. I just disagreed on, on some of the pathways to sure. get there, but we'll have a really, really good conversation and uh, hopefully there'll be a lot of people on the line. Yeah. So once again, we thank everybody for um, taking some time out of their day or um, whether you're driving in a car or work, uh, doing a workout or you're listening live. Thanks again for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Um, we're always interested in what's going on in your mind. If uh, Please share your thoughts if you want to be a guest or a sponsor or you just want to leave a few comments. Uh, you can certainly leave that on the website, geekskeezersandgoogleization.com. It's geekskeezersgoogleization.com. No, no and in there. Uh, you can also connect with me and Keith on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, thanks again to Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions for being our sponsors. Uh, we will have our last show for 2019. Hard to believe, Keith. Uh, last show of 2019, next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com, or you can listen to any of the podcasts or go up to geekskeezersgoogleization.com, uh, and you can catch all our older past shows this year and last. Uh, this is Cyber Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. Hey.